You know, this could be another monumental day on the show. Another day that you remember for a long, long time. The thing is, that decision's not up to me today. It's not up to me. It's all up to Parker Thune on whether he wants to live up to his promise from yesterday and drop one, maybe even two, live crystal balls on this here Whoa, radio program Are we calling today. this a promise now? I thought it. I, Is that what we're retroactively dubbing it? Yeah. I thought uh, Big Balls by ACDC was going to place, and I was going to say, by God, that's Parker Thune's music. Here he comes walking in. <laughs> you did hint yesterday that you might be willing to drop a couple crystal balls live on the air. We've done this before. I wrote it down in the rundown sheet today. I'm just revisiting the topic here and see if we're ready to do this once again. Look at the text line already. Tyler from Kellyville. Parker, are you dropping your balls on the show today? I regret to inform you all that I will not be dropping oh my, my balls today. Gosh. Oh my I'm sorry. Probably shouldn't have talked it up oh. if I wasn't 100% sure it was going to happen. No but here's, here's the promise I will make you. Unbelievable. The next time I drop my balls, I will do it in this very studio live on air. Mm. Who's mad and disappointed at the very same time <laughs> right now? Well, I, hey, like I said, it could have been a monumental show. It was it's, all up to Parker Thune. That's just another show. Just another show. A very forgettable show at the end of the day. All right. Well, I, c- can it happen this week by chance? It can, it can I, I like, this week. I would like a timeline on this. Just, yeah. <laughs> are, 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 are you dropping your next balls as up in the air as Michael Hawkins' timeline to commit to OU at this point? Yes, very much so. Man. Well... Listen, much much like the process of arriving at a commitment decision, the process of arriving at a decision to drop my balls is not something that happens on any clearly defined schedule. When they drop, they there's drop. a lot of lot of questions that have drop. to be answered, a lot that I have to see. Mm-hmm. A lot of communication that has to happen, the cultivation of relationships. It's a lot like getting recruited, to be honest. Mm. The recruitment process and the ball dropping process, very similar. So think of this as me pushing my commitment back the way Michael Hawkins oh, did on January God. 31st. You, won't you, you should have tweeted out an edit uh, right at the top <laughs> of the show that say that you're going to delay it or something. Yeah. Drop a drop a top ten on uh, who you could be dropping a crystal ball for in the uh, in the coming days, like Aaron Flowers. <laughs> top just, ten. Yeah, Aaron Flowers just dropped his top it's ten. Just he- the edit is just a bunch of headshots yeah. around a picture of me. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and ten different recruits that it could be. I uh, will be postponing my decision. This is the biggest decision of my life. I want to make sure I'm making the right one before I lock it in. Please respect, respect, please respect, respect my yes. decision. has to be at the bottom. You know, you know it does. Uh, Johnny from UConn, very disappointed here. I missed all of Steel Man and Thune at noon, and now this. Two exclamation marks to show you how disappointed Johnny is. Well, hey, we'll, we'll find a way to get through the show today with some entertaining content. And The Athletic had something uh, has something very interesting up right now. Now, this is the rankings of the current situation, Parker. Okay. Not historically what it's looked like at this very given moment, they rank every single Power 5 team and their ability to recruit at a high level right meow. Wow, okay. Not 10 years ago, but the current situations right now. So with that being said, I'll let you guess on maybe the top three. With the current situation right now, who do you think are the three programs in the best spot 
to recruit at a high level year in and year out here moving forward. Alabama and Georgia got to be two of them. Yeah, Georgia's one, Bama's two. Who's number three? Ohio State. Yep, correct. Nice job. Okay, there you go. It didn't sound like you had uh, read the article beforehand. I did and, uh, not. Had a cheat sheet or anything like that. But, yeah, Georgia at one and Alabama at two, and it's hard to disagree with that, man. With the in-state talent that Georgia has right now, and not just the in-state talent that Georgia has, it's the fact that those Florida schools can't really get it going right now. And the majority of those five stars are are going to Bama and Georgia right now. Georgia's won a couple of national t- championships recently, so so yeah, I would agree with that. The ranking goes like this in the top ten. Georgia at one, Bama at two, Ohio State at three, LSU at four. Okay, okay. that tracks. Texas at five. Yeah, okay. Um, you'll shoe you at six. Really? U- USC, yeah. A&M at seven, Clemson at eight, Oregon at nine, and then we get to Oklahoma at number ten. OU at 10, their current situation right now in college football recruiting, is that too high, too low, or is that dead on balls accurate? Mm, little too low. I would put them in the 7 to 9 range, I think. Yeah. 10 is a little low for me. Mule Shoe U is way too high. Yeah, they are. Way too high. Well, I think just California is still too... Like, it's, it's still one of the power states out there, but it's very limited in terms of the elite position groups that they have to offer right now. I think California is a little over overvalued in, in these rankings, if you ask me. And USC's not doing too much damage outside of their own state. I mean, they're, they're getting kids, you know, um, in that area of the country. They got Tackett Curtis from Louisiana, but you're not going to see them go down to the southeast on the reg and go get big-time Time prospects. And to be honest, this is not a knock on Clemson or Oregon because I think both those schools have a legitimate presence in this conversation. But simply by virtue of the pending move to the SEC, I would elevate Oklahoma over both Clemson and Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, I would have OU over Oregon. I'd OU over Clemson and over USC as well. But they say that OU is currently right now top 10 in their situation to recruit. And it says at Oklahoma, the championship tradition sells itself. When you take the proven results, two decades of excellence, elite offenses, NFL draft picks, and you add SEC status, it's not hard to get blue chip recruits to buy in and buy top, uh, build top five recruiting classes. OU's highest vote was seven on this list. Their lowest vote was uh, twelve. What what is the um, what's the number what's the number one thing at this very given moment that OU has to sell right now? Past success with the program, past success with the staff, the facilities that are coming, the SEC that's on its way. If OU is really able to sell something at this point, what do you feel like uh, it is right now on the recruiting trail? Sleeping giant status. Yeah. And not even – I sleeping giant probably isn't fair because I don't think OU is truly sleeping. Maybe just a, a napping giant status. Because I think as you transition to the SEC, as you implement all these plans for top-of-the-line facilities, as Brent Venables really comes into his own as Oklahoma's head coach and makes it clear that this is the job for him and he's not planning on going anywhere, he's not planning, he doesn't have eyes on the next destination, this is the destination job for him. I think as that becomes evident to recruits, What's going to happen at Oklahoma is you're going to see a program that already recruits and competes at a high level is going to be able to take that next step 
and put themselves in the same conversation as Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, the titans of the sport right now as it stands. So I think the pitch from Oklahoma to the average recruit at this point in time is, hey, we're already an elite program. Come help make us a championship program. Come help push us over the top. Because there's so much, as you look towards 2024 and beyond, that suggests Oklahoma is that close to being over the top. That close sounds better than we're close, by the way. Yes. So nice job. I don't, I don't know if you did that uh, on purpose to stay away from the we're close, but uh, that was good. No, hey, one thing that I noticed, by the way, that is not surprising at all, their rankings of the top ten programs right now, where they're at recruiting-wise, six out of those ten either are or are about to be in the SEC. So just like the level of roster that you're about to face on a year-in, year-out basis is just going to be – it's going to be quite a bit different than what you're used to seeing on a year-in, year-out basis in the Big 12. And I, I don't know how we judge recruiting classes. I don't know if that's going to necessarily change. I think if OU's in, a top, in the top five, it's going to be looked at as a great class regardless of the situation. But you are uh, recruiting in a conference of big boys right now. And what, the, the, uh, the Big 10 only had Ohio State on this list? The ACC only has Clemson on this list, and the Pac-12 only has Oregon on this list. So all the other power conferences that have one, Big 12 has zero on this list after OU and Texas. Sure. One at the most, SEC's got six. I mean, it, it's no doubt. Like, and that's not going to change anytime soon, no, man. Not. It may never change again. In fact, it only may get more lopsided as we move forward here. There's, a, there's an upper echelon in college football right now. And there is one black sheep in that upper echelon, and it is Ohio State. That is the one program that has somehow managed to consistently maintain their stature in the landscape of college football as the SEC has progressively become more and more and more of a titan. Clemson hasn't slipped by much, but they have slipped. Oregon has always been second tier. No, they've they've never been below second tier, at least not in the last 15 years or so, but they've never been higher than second tier. And so right now, Ohio State is the one program in all of college football that can hang with the SEC in most of these conversations that we have about where these programs rank in comparison to one another. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's won the the past two Big Ten championships, but Ohio State's still kind of viewed as the king of the north when it comes to recruiting, right? Yep. And with the amount of money that they pour into their program, I think their their facilities, for the most part, are thought of as elite. Like, that's not going away anytime soon. But you mentioned Ohio State and Clemson. In terms of, like, on the field and where they're at tier-wise there, Ohio State's starting to slip a little bit, aren't they? Like, you, you kind of see you kind of see Michigan making a run back towards the top. you, you got to see Clemson starting to lose some ground a little bit. The next two years for those two programs is going to be very important. Very, very important, especially with the SEC only uh, about to get stronger starting in 2024. And I think, honestly, the Big Ten is probably counting on USC being one of the new blood powers in the Big Ten in 2024 and beyond. But is that the case if Muleshoe isn't still there? Yeah. Because I think there's a good chance he isn't. Yeah. By the way, the uh, Power 5 program based uh, ranked last based on recruiting potential. That was uh, Sy- Syracuse up in the uh, ACC. 
they are more concerned with uh, whether Jim Beheim just coached his last game or not. But uh, yeah, not a whole lot of uh, talent just around the uh, the the New York State area. No, there. there is not. And they're still playing in the uh, Carrier Dome. Uh, just just yeah, not not a great situation for Syracuse. Oklahoma State was ranked what forty two on this list. TCU is the highest ranked Big Twelve team outside of OU and Texas at number twenty. Um, by the way, like uh, eleven through twenty, Miami's at eleven. Notre Dame at 12, Tennessee at 13, Michigan at 14, Auburn at 15, Penn State at 16, Florida all the way back at 17, Florida State at 18, South Carolina at 19, and then there's TCU at 20, followed by Colorado at 21. Interesting list, fun list, but uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, let us know. Uh, 10 on that list for OU based on recruiting potential right now. Is that too high, too low, or is that dead on balls accurate? 405 651 34-39. We'll hit a lot more recruiting coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas Athun live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. I need nominations for small town of the day, please, on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. I cannot go by the app map today because everyone listening on the free KREF app uh, is all listening to the uh, OU baseball game. Ah, so, tragic. Yeah, let us know on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I would say Weatherford, Oklahoma, but Weatherford, Oklahoma doesn't meet my or meet our threshold. No, it does not. I was going to say Weatherford because OU football offer C.J. Nixon, oh, he just dropped 19 points today in a uh, state quarterfinal win over Newcastle, 47-35. I saw some video on Twitter of uh, C.J. Nixon shooting the rock from the outside. Uh, C.J. Nixon can shoot. He's he's a he's a really good basketball player. Uh, he led all scores today for Weatherford, and they will be playing in the uh, state semifinals coming up tomorrow. But he's a really good football player, and uh, dude dude is a two sport star out there at uh, Weatherford. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, the really only good. question will be what sport is he going to play at the next level? Because he's one of those guys, and Jacoby Johnson was kind of in the same boat. He chose football pretty early on, I think, from his. Probably early in his junior year on, it was evident that he was going to go the football route. But a guy like that that faces a decision, you know, are you going to focus on basketball? Are you going to focus on football? Because realistically, you can only focus on one these oh, days. Oh, there's totally, man. Yeah. And so Jacoby decided to do football. I mean, there have been guys in the past. Uh, Jalen Suggs, who ended up at Gonzaga and was there for a year, hit that ridiculous shot to beat UCLA and send Gonzaga to the national title game back in 2021. He was a four-star quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so there are there are a handful of guys every single year. Deuce Robinson, for instance, MLB draft prospect. Yeah, he still hasn't signed anywhere, correct? He hasn't. So Probably because he's waiting on the draft, I'm guessing. I would imagine C.J. Nixon is going to face that choice at some point down the line if he's not already starting to think about it. Do you want to go the football route? Do you want to go the basketball route? Well, I mean, in terms of offers – like is he going to have is he going to have a better basketball offer than the football offer he currently has with OU? You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's not very many basketball offers he could have that could be equal or better to the OU football offer. So my guess, and I haven't sit down and watched a ton of tape on him on the football side of things. I understand that he's a really good player with a lot of upside. I would feel like football would be the ticket for him. But sometimes it just comes down to what do you love more? 
And like you said, man, like whatever he loves more, he's going to have options in, in, in both of those. And I believe his dad played basketball at Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. So if he ever picked up an Alabama offer in either sport – that might be hard for the kid to turn down. All right. Well, congratulations to Weatherford. I know we got a lot of great uh, Ref Army members out there uh, heading to the uh, state semis coming up tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, we got a lot of small town. Hennessy is on here. Taloga, Oklahoma. I played Taloga in baseball in high school. I don't even. Do they still have a school out in Taloga, Oklahoma? Or is the school gone? Um, God, who was they? There was a really good baseball player. I think he ended up playing at Oklahoma State, actually from Taloga. Uh, I'll, I'll remember who it is in, in just one second. He ended up being a, uh, a, uh, a good baseball player at OSU. Slap out Oklahoma is our small town of the day. Slap out. Text line called it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Zane says Parker's balls being in the air just stinks. <laughs> from the 405, if OU is number seven, does that mean Parker expects us to average number seven ranked classes for the next few years. I feel like that's a fair expectation to have, but here's also the distinction I want to make there. What was the poll that you mentioned, Tyler? What was the official title of the poll? Oh, um, they said recruiting potential, I guess, right now. Yeah, exactly. The potential to recruit at an elite level is different than the actual ability to recruit at an elite level. Because, for instance... Texas probably should have as much potential to recruit at an elite level as any school in the country outside of Alabama or Georgia, but I think sustainably in the long term, they're not going to recruit as well as LSU or Oklahoma or even a school like Florida, for that matter. And so Texas A&M is another perfect example, right? Yes, they have the potential to recruit at a high level because in large part of the NIL that is at play sure. down there yep. in College Station. But we kind of saw the uh, the recoil in the 2023 class after they unloaded the clip in the class of 2022 to bring in the greatest recruiting class in the modern recruiting era. So at what point does Texas A&M's potential to recruit at an elite level become hampered by the reality that they're not winning? Yeah, and this isn't the end. Like, Georgia and Alabama are the best two programs, and they're one and two on this list. But they're the best two programs because they recruit at a high level, but they also develop. And that's the missing piece that we're talking about here. Your top ten list right here won't necessarily be your top ten programs for the next ten years. Recruitment, uh, the word culture that's probably overused at this point when talking about college football is big. It's not the end all, but it's it, it's a very important uh, piece of it for sure. By the way, text line says Jordy Mercer. Yeah, you guys are so of. smart. Look at all these Jordy Mercer responses. Yeah, played for the Pittsburgh Pirates for a while. Didn't he play a year or two with the St. Louis Cardinals as well? But Jordy Mercer had a decent little Major League Baseball career. Uh, he did. He played with the Pirates, the Tigers, the Yankees, and the Nationals. Oh, never played for St. Louis then. Did I don't not. know why I thought he played there for one year. Yeah, Jordy Mercer out of uh, Taloga High School, and I'm not even sure that there's a high school there anymore, but he was really, really good. Um, I saw that Wilt Fong talked to David Stone about his visit to Texas A&M. David Stone said, quote, Texas A&M was an amazing time. Is there anything uh, coming out dollar figure wise or anything about David Stone's recent visit to Texas A&M? I just I people I don't want to talk about David Stone. Okay, can we all arrive at a mutual agreement that we're not going to take anything about David Stone's recruitment seriously until June, please? Because 
I guarantee you, he's going to take the Michigan State visit next week, and he's going to have a lot of the same quotes. He's going to talk about how amazing Michigan State was, how he has the same love for Michigan State even without Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman there. You've got to take everything with multiple grains of salt here, folks. Well, and to be fair, I uh, you, you don't see very many, all right, I'm going to catch up with this recruit and see how his visit went this weekend. Like 99.9% of those seem to be, oh, my gosh, it was an amazing time. Uh, the, the staff was excellent. I got a great relationship with them. I could see myself here. Like, rarely do visits ever go poorly for kids, you know, you know uh-huh. especially for top recruits, right? That, 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 that really doesn't happen all that often. It really doesn't happen ever, honestly. Yeah, what's what do you what what'd you think David Stone was gonna say about the AM visit? Eh, it was okay. Those yell leaders are freaking me out. I don't know. I had them in my top three, but they're out of my top five now. What they gotta get rid of those yell leaders before I come back. Yeah, Jimbo kind of seems like a tool bag, I'm not gonna lie. Oh my god, he'd be my favorite recruit of all time <laughs> if he said something like that. It'd be amazing. Lloyd from El Reno says, Williams Winary or Dylan Stewart, who is your choice? Winary. I mean, I if you're talking about guys that have a realistic shot of being Sooners, Williams and Winery. Yeah, but if if Lloyd is just asking who would I rather have, it's going to be hard to present me anyone else in this recruitment that I would say over Williams Winery. I, I don't. I mean, and honestly, Parker, you said wait till the summer to really talk about uh, David Stone. Well, by the summer. I could be saying I he's the number one target that like I, I think is out there in this class. Like he's currently at what number three in twenty four seven sports rankings. I think Dylan Riola being a quarterback is probably going to stay at number one, but could he slip up to n- number two? I I, I I possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And I I love Dylan Riola. It would not surprise me if he slips from that number one pedestal as well. Oh, you you think so? I, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I just kind of think uh, with the name there and the uh, the bloodline that he has that he might stay at number one. But uh, maybe I just have the uh, arch syndrome from last year, just thinking that la- last name matters so much on who's actually ranked as the uh, number one overall prospect. Patrick says David Stone is the 2023 version of Peyton Bowen. <sighs> Can we all handle that ride again? Can we all do that one again? I don't know. That was the craziest recruitment that I think I've ever seen before. Can we run that one back? Do we have the patience for it this time I do around? Not. I do not, which is why I'm already trying to kick the can down the road and saying let's please not talk about David Stone's recruitment for another three months because three months from now we're probably not even going to be anywhere substantially closer to his decision than we are right now. Uh, 405, going back to those rankings from last segment. It says, I'm just wondering how you rate USC above OU when we beat them the last two years in recruiting. No, I I agree. Um, I think that that is about California being a bit overvalued as a state in terms of uh, up and down talent. Which, by the way, Parker, I brought up the, uh, the current 10 best players in the state of California. Yeah. The number one player, Elijah Brown's a four-star quarterback in the state of California. Okay, which, by the way, looking at this, there are no five-star players in the state of California in the top 247 rankings, which is fascinating. Um, the second-best player is an offensive tackle out of Matter Day. The third-best player is a four-star quarterback going to Alabama. The fourth-best player is an athlete that currently has crystal balls to Georgia. And the fifth-best player is a four-star safety that's already committed to Georgia. 
So we already mentioned that, golly, Alabama and Georgia are cleaning house down in Florida, man. Looks like they're making their way out to the West Coast and maybe even so far out recruiting USC in its own state. A state that doesn't have a five-star prospect at this point. Yeah, within reason, Alabama and Georgia can have pretty much whoever they want. That's just the reality right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it, it doesn't matter which coast it's on or which time zone it's in. Bama and Georgia have the strongest recruiting pitches right now. It's, it's nuts, man. 405-651-3439. We'll get to uh, some of your text coming up next segment. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Well, look who it is about to emerge in the SEC. Chris Beard is reportedly the front runner to land the job with the Ole Miss Rebels. Chris Beard going to be back in the game next year, as will uh, Will Wade. That looks like a likelihood. Will Wade, who got got uh, got caught cheating at uh, LSU, looks like he's the front runner at McNeese State. So a couple of uh, outstanding guys there, folks. <laughs> It just means more. <laughs> Ole Miss head coach Chris Beard. Not not surprising. Uh, not surprising one bit. Hey, I asked uh, Bob Stoops about Mike Hawkins yesterday. Really? I did ask Bob Stoops. about Oh, Mike Michael. Hawkins, the elder. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Because gotcha, gotcha. I don't know, like the rules. You know, you can't ask coaches about certain recruits. I don't know if like. Bob still has an affiliation to OU legally and what that looks like. So I just said, like, hey, one of your former players was on campus last weekend with his two sons who are, you know, they got OU offers. I asked Clever. him about Mike Hawkins, and he said, yeah, I mean, there, you know, there, there were some things that he had going on, but football was always something that uh, he was able to, to figure out. It was a pretty vague answer, but, you know, he, he was basically – Mike Hawkins was a really good athlete. Yeah, and he That's said Bob's I, way of saying that boy good. Yeah, and he said at the end, like I hope his sons commit to OU so I can reconnect with uh, Mike Hawkins. Well, I got good news for Bob. <laughs> right, it's looking like that's going to happen. Yeah, so Mike Hawkins, uh, get ready to maybe reconnect with Bob Stoops. Sounds like he is uh, very, very open to uh, do so after his comments yesterday. D in Choctaw says, hey, Parker, can you break down David Stone's recruitment for us next segment? Thanks. Upside down smiley face emoji. I know that's intended as a joke, D, but I'm about to throw something. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot to handle right now. Hey, we got other defensive linemen to talk about. That's the good thing, right? Uh, 417, are we in on any 300-plus pound defensive linemen? Uh, let me think here. None of the or any of the uh, big four, three hundred plus plus among, pounds among your top targets. No, but here's also what you have to consider. Generally, kids that are three hundred plus pounds as high schoolers have bad weight that they they need to cut. They need to reshape their bodies. Rarely, if ever, will you find a three hundred pound junior in high school who has the right muscle to fat ratio to be an elite college football player. I will say one of those guys is Eddie Pierre-Louis, who I believe Oklahoma is recruiting primarily as an offensive lineman, but he's a two-way lineman out of Tampa, Florida, grew up an OU fan, six foot four, 310 pounds, going to be one of those guys that verges on five-star territory by the end of the cycle. Yeah, but you're right about that. Most kids who are 300 pounds right now, um, I it, there's just not 
in terms of the elite athletes that OU's trying to get, there's not just, what, 25, 30 kids out there uh, that are, you know, 300-plus pounds and, like, ready to be in the middle of the defensive line, like, with that body right now. I mean, that's, that's, that's very accurate. $175 million football facility going up in Norman soon. That's what we learned yesterday from the, uh, from the Regents meeting. And we talk about facilities all the time, and I think as fans, we tend to view facilities as, well, how nice is the football stadium, and how many seats does it hold? Who has the biggest stadiums in college football? That's who has the best facilities in the sport. That's how I think fans sometimes tend to think of things. That's not always reality. Like If you want to talk about facilities and what kids care about, and like what's really important when it comes to that, this $175 million facility is probably more important than the stadium that the games are actually played in. According to Joe C., this is going to house everything from practice fields to nutrition, recovery, whatever. Like, like This is probably the first thing that we're going to bring up for the next 10 years or so after it's built when we talk about OU facilities because they're sparing no- – I mean, they're, they're putting out a ton of cash for this, and it looks like it might be one of the nicest – in all of college football when it's completed. What are they going to name after Thad Turnipseed? That's the real question. Uh, or who are they going to name this facility after? Bob Stoops? Depends on – it depends on, always depends on who gives the most money. Program guy Bob Stoops facility? Uh, it, it does matter who gives the most money, but we remember what Bob did after uh, Lincoln took off for USC. He might need something uh, – I mean, I know he's got a statue on campus, but he might need uh, something to be named after him. I don't know. Hmm. Name the facility on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, gosh, this is not going to – it's going to get serious for about three minutes, and then the next ten minutes it's all going to be a bunch of jokes. Exactly. Which is fine. I, I think that's probably the uh, the perfect combination of how to go about it. But, yes, 405-651-3439. Aaron Flowers, we mentioned him yesterday. He's cutting down his uh, top ten schools list. Baylor, Michigan State, and Tech, which I thought was funny, like – Baylor, Michigan State, and Tech were at the uh, top of the uh, uh, of the graphic. It's kind of like, all right, there's yeah, these three yeah, out here. And then at the bottom, we've got like OU and Alabama and Tennessee and USC. Not that we're reading into that or anything. No, we're reading into it. Um, OU is in the top ten, and you got to think OU is faring much better than just a top ten school with, what, four-star safety Aaron Flowers. OU recruiting. is at the top of the list right now for Aaron Flowers. Now it's going to be a matter of holding on to that lead when you got to deal with Alabama and Tennessee and even Muleshoe nipping at your heels. Yeah, that, that is true. I'm just getting a little tired of seeing Michigan States for all these defensive guys. I don't know if I should get used to this. Probably not. It's, it's, but it's just it's like a flavor of the month well, type of thing. Consider this. Why did Texas Tech make the top ten? Uh, I, I don't know because they're from the state of Texas. I, I have no idea why Tech made it's, the top ten. It's farming interactions. Texas Tech fans are going to see that and blow it up. Michigan State fans are going to see that and blow it up. Aaron Flowers isn't going to Texas Tech. He sure as hell ain't going to Michigan State. No, he's he's not. And it, it feels like OU's been the leader here for a while, and we've got a long way to go. We found that out last cycle, but I wouldn't expect anything like just um, – Super surprising uh, to change in that one, at least in the uh, in the very near future. But that's a big deal, though, getting that 175 million dollar facility. Um, that's 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 going to be. 
I, I don't think a kid is going to, to commit here just based solely on that, but you've got a lot of things to pitch right now, man. You've got the upcoming SEC move. You've got these new facilities. We talked about what OU's best pitch might be right now. So you, you, you've got some things in your back pocket that you can really throw out there, which is nice. You know what one thing that we don't hear, at least I don't hear a ton of, when we talk about uh, recruiting like and what kids you know think about certain things? I'm sure the Jordan brand is a very nice you know, thing to be able to throw out there. I don't hear a lot about the Jordan brand, though, at least recently with a lot of these kids. I'm not saying that it's not a big deal. It's just not something that we hear a lot when we hear Wilt Fong or some of these guys interview these kids. Yeah, because I, I just don't think he carries a whole lot of weight at this point. There are, There's much more about the collegiate experience and about these programs, respective recruiting pitches. That's very far down the list, I think, at this point, on the list of priorities for a lot of these kids. By the way, uh, we we have officially named the facility. The Be how does, careful reading some of those names, by the way. I, I, right? I, trust me, I know. The how does this affect recruiting center? I love that one. HD Tar. That was our first. That was our first response, and it might be the best. It's going to be hard to top that one. The Selman Building is on there. Uh, this one from the 405. Just call it Screw You Mule Shoe Football Facilities, which is great. Um, I'm not reading that one. Sixty two sixteen. I can't believe you'd send something like that and hope that we would read it on the air. Jeez. Brian and Tulsa, if they spare no expense, then it should be the John Hammond Center. Uh, have a Trek skeleton behind the SEC logo. Sooner Soldier says, did Muleshoe get a five-star QB commit for 2024? No. No, he's got a crystal ball in, but he has not uh, gotten a commit. He doesn't have point. my balls. He does not. Tell you Nebraska has those for the uh, recruit that you're talking about. Still riding with the corn huskers for now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439, final segment of Locked In coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref where the home of Sooner fans. You know what uh, word I'm seeing a lot to – Talk about five-star recruits here. I saw it on 24-7 Sports like two times yesterday. I'm seeing the word ballyhooed quite uh, a bit. Yeah. Have you noticed that as well? Ballyhooed uh, is like making a return this year. Do you think I can take credit for that? I think you could absolutely take because credit for it. I don't think it's me. been used since the late 90s. Because believe me, I use that word a lot, and I've never really seen it used in the recruiting world until just recently. Yeah, Ballyhood is happening. Ballyhood five star visited. Da, 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 da. I am expanding the public vocabulary. This is my contribution to society. What is Ballyhood taking the place of? Elite, hyped, hyped. Yes. Hmm. I I would be down to say maybe that's a thing on this show. Maybe it's a permanent thing. If you're a uh, five star, you have to use the word Ballyhood in uh, front of whoever you're talking about. I don't know. Just an idea. 405-651-3439. Some more ideas for the new uh, facility going up in Norman. Bud Wilkins Center of Excellence. Uh, Let's see. Brian in Tulsa says, in all seriousness, I believe it should be the AD28 Athletic Training Center. I'm not going to LSU Center, which is really good. Another shot at uh, Muleshoe. Las Vegas Sooner says, name Boomin Building. We be booming building, or something along those lines. That is a uh, that's an O to uh, the Peyton Bowen there after what he said to Jackson Arnold on that phone call. <laughs> 
when ESPN pushes OU to the top of SEC coverage, how much will that benefit OU recruiting? Asks a listener in the 918. Are we I, sure that ESPN's going to do that for OU? Are we sure? Yeah, one step at a time. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But the exposure that comes with the move to the SEC, the addition, I mean, all the TV revenue that's going to be wrapped up in it. Like, you make more money, you can spend more money across the board. And that, I think, is what's exciting about this new era of OU football is with the athletic department raking in as much via the revenue sharing agreement as they're going to rake in, they're going to be able to continually maintain top flight facilities. They're going to be able to expand the recruiting budget. They're going to be able to pay top dollar for coaches. Well, which they are, by the way, after what was announced yesterday. They're in that they're in that ballpark, man. No, you're right. You can just you can do more with more money. And that's why Florida State and even Clemson are kind of making the moves and saying the things uh-huh. that they are right now because uh-huh. Florida State and Clemson, they know like they're football schools. They want to be competitive. They want to be among the, among the nation's best moving forward. It's hard to do that when you're in the conference like the ACC and you're making this much less than all of those SEC schools. It's a lot harder to compete and keep up with everyone when all those SEC schools are making a whole lot more money than you. So I don't know why Florida State and Clemson are just now realizing that and just now starting to speak up, but that's why FSU is being as as aggressive as they are. Because I don't remember, man, I don't remember an AD saying these things publicly like Michael Alford is saying. Like, we've seen some things happen privately, obviously, but Florida State's AD coming out and saying, like, yeah, this balance ain't right. Like, we've got to get this fixed. I don't know if we've ever heard that publicly before. You know you know, has more power than anybody in college football right now? Greg Sankey. Yeah. Greg Sankey. Like He's just the SEC commissioner, but he may be the most powerful voice in the sport at this point. Yeah. Exactly. The NCAA may be – I'll use this analogy – while the NCAA may be the United States government, Greg Sankey is the Raymond Reddington of college football. Yeah, <laughs> right, seriously. He's pulling all of the strings. But you know who is going to be. I, I feel like there's two guys, though, gunning to be the uh, czar of college football. Maybe three. Greg Sankey would love to be that guy, I'm sure. Nick Saban, we have to ask him on a- any small change to the sport, Parker. We have to ask uh, Nick Saban on how he feels about it, and he loves to give his opinion on it. I feel like after Saban's done coaching, he wants to be that guy. And then Gary Patterson steps away from Texas. He wants to help out college football on a larger scale. There's your three guys that are probably gunning for it right now, Patterson, Saban, or Sankey. Take your pick out of the three on who you want. What is Gary Patterson's next move? I'm curious all over again. How is he going to, quote-unquote, help college football in a greater capacity? It's fascinating. We had a thought yesterday on the rush that either he's going to take a head coaching job, cancel the band at that school, and he plays live halftime <laughs> shows every single week, or he is just going to go around to select stadiums all fall and play the halftime show instead of the, uh, uh, instead of the band. That's the thing, man. It, for those of you that want to shorten halftime in college football – Gary Patterson, the, the half times will not be shortened if he is the czar of college football. We will be keeping this at 20, 20 plus minutes. Guys, this is terrible. Somebody said the Trey Matoir will show you okay, center. Unbelievable. Jeez. Brian and Tulsa said, call it the locked in athletic facility. I like that. As long as we can have access to that. As long yes, as we can please. do a show live from there. Yeah, give me all of that. 
sounds like they'll they have enough room to build uh, multiple radio booths in there, so that would work out quite nicely. You could do the show from there. The every ref day. merges with the University of Oklahoma. It would make a lot of sense yeah. for both sides. It would be amazing. I can get down with that. Name it the Ref 69 Center. Uh, this one says the Stoop Center for Excellence. Oklahoma's Boom Boom Room. I don't know how I feel about that. that I don't know. I, oh, I know exactly how I feel about that. No, thank <laughs> you. Bud Wilkins Center of Excellence. I think it would be cool to name it after Bob Stoops. But you're right, man. We all know who that works. Whoever is donating the most money to it is probably going to get their name on that building. Bob Stoops will have something named after him at the University of Oklahoma before much longer. He will. Yeah, I would think so. By the way, I was looking at a list of some of these head coach perks across college football. Uh, Dion gets a couple of cars or a couple of SUVs at Colorado. Luke Fickle gets $125,000 annually in travel and entertainment fringe benefits. The best. And I'm pretty sure that Muleshoe had this. And if Muleshoe had it, I'm going to guess Brent Vittables has it too. I'm sure multiple head coaches have it. This is probably just for the new head coaches. Matt Rule gets 50 hours of private flight time for his personal use. Like the university uh, planes that they have up there, 50 hours of personal use on that. 50 hours annually? Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Have 50 hours with the PJ? Yeah. I would, uh, I'd milk that one for all of its worth. I'd be getting all 50 hours in, trust me. And maybe even a little bit more than that. All right, uh, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Grill Boy joins me from 3 to 6 today. Keep it locked on the ref.